You are listening to the Aesthetic Vibes podcast and I am your host, Amy. This is the podcast where we talk about relevant and totally irrelevant topics. The idea here is to spread aesthetic vibes. You're here now, so why don't you hang out and we'll talk some shit. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I am your host, Amy, Amy Lee Ames. I answer to all three. I hope everybody is well. I just want to preface today is not the best environment. I have a puppy dog sitting on my lap who won't leave me alone for 30 seconds. There's also gardening going on. I think my gardeners are here. Um, or somebody really close is doing something. So I just ask that you bear with me today and um, try not to focus on it too much because obviously when you focus on it, it becomes more prominent. So just bear with me. Um, I'll do the best that I can in editing to remove some of it, but you might still hear bits and pieces. All right, so I was sitting thinking to myself, I need to do a podcast episode for aesthetic vibes because I've got three podcasts and I was like I don't know what to talk about this week I know that a lot of the times we spend time talking on self-development then we kind of venture into the creepy and weird and I thought to myself do I want to talk about self-development and growth not today I don't feel like it and I haven't in a little while to be fair Um, but I just I need to talk about something different and think about something different With that being said, I decided to do a part two to creepy unsolved mysteries. Um, I was chatting to a friend and I'm like, what should I talk about? And she was like, oh my God, unsolved mysteries is always so interesting. So we are here today with five unsolved mysteries. With that being said, all right, let's do this. Okay, the first is the incident at the Dialouve Pass. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Anyone who's been around for a while knows I can't pronounce anything. Anyway, we're on an evening in February 1959. And we've got nine uh, kind of skiers, hikers, and they die mysteriously. There are... And they die within the mountains within Russia. So the night, the, that night of the incident, the group had actually set uh, up camp on this slope. I don't know how, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know how comfortable that would be if you're on a slope, regardless. They had a dinner together and then they prepared to go to bed. Then something goes wrong, and still to this day, we don't know exactly what went wrong. However, the group never actually returned from the location that where they set up camp. So on February the 26th, they actually sent out searches, and they're looking for the hikers, they're looking for an abandoned tent, they're looking for any type of evidence that they could possibly find. What they find is the tent had been ripped open from the inside, And surrounding the area were a stack of footprints that were left by the group. What they saw in the footprints were some were wearing socks, some had one shoe on, 
and um, some were barefoot, all of which continued to the edge of a slope nearby um, like a wooded area. Two bodies were found right there. They were shoeless and they were only wearing their underwear. The scene at hand had marks of the death of these two people being hypothermia, which would make sense, right? They've only got their underwear on and socks and maybe one shoe. So the other seven were discovered over a few months that actually um, proceeded. So they actually found them in, in weird um, locations as well. But hypothermia, on examination of the bodies, hypothermia seemed to not make sense because what they saw were some of the bodies had evidence of blunt force trauma. Some had evidence of an assault. Another had third degree burns. And then one of the other bodies had been vomiting blood. So... In addition to that, one was actually missing a tongue. And some of the clothing that was found was deemed radioactive. So there are lots of different theories that have come out. You know, uh, KGB interference, drug overdoses, uh, UFO, uh, you know, gravity and um, issues. Um, and then even some people are like, oh, it's the Russian Yeti. Just like, um, like Bigfoot, I guess. <laughs> don't know if it exists um there was recently a documentary done and there's a whole stack of theories that are out there but still to this date they have no idea what actually happened they have no idea how each of them died in such a unique um you know death and and whatever occurred to their bodies they have no idea why they left in such a hurry with you know partial clothing partial footwear um so yeah it's always been a mystery and who knows if it'll be solved the second one is D.B. Cooper. This one kind of blows my mind a little bit. But on November the 24th in 1971, there was a man by the name of Dan Cooper. And he was a passenger on a Northwest airline. It was flight 305. And this flight was going from Portland to Seattle. And it was only a 30-minute flight. So this this man was described by passengers and flight attendants as being mid-40s. He had a dark suit on. He had a tie, uh, a mother of pearl uh, clip on the tie. And um, he was in a white kind of neatly pressed ironed shirt. He took his seat and he lit a cigarette. Well, this is 1971, so that's exactly what people were doing. Uh, so he lit a cigarette and then he said, I need a bourbon and soda. He paid cash for it. Shortly after the plane takes off, he hands a note. Whoa. Sorry, buddy's just kicked my notes. Um, <laughs> thanks for that. And he's added some stuff in there for me. Brilliant. Bud, come on, let's not do this again. Nobody wants to see you running amok again. He's actually too big to be sitting on my lap. Like, he really is. And this chair does not have enough room for two. Bud, come on. I know he's, he's such a sook, though, and he wants my cuddles. This is what we do all day. So Sean's at work, and Buddy and I, we just cuddle. We cuddle all day, don't we? <laughs> not on the lips, not on the lips. I know where that filthy mouth has been. Okay. Can you sit? Can you pop down for me, hun? Come on. There we go. Good boy. Pop down. 
Okay, where were we? Uh, so the plane takes off and Dan hands the flight attendant a note. She thinks, oh, it's some weird guy giving me a phone number, like whatever. And he says, miss, I need you to read that note. And she's like, okay. And he goes, look, I have a bomb. And what was written on the note is still to this date not 100% clear. Like, they know it said something to the effect of I have a bomb, but they don't know the exact wording, right? So anyway, the flight attendant is told by Dan that he has demands and he wants these demands met and he won't set the bomb off. So he asks for $200,000, which they say was probably worth a million today. Um, and it was in a an American currency. He needed four parachutes, a fuel truck standing by. <laughs> He's licking my hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I um, lost my train of thought. Uh, okay. So, sorry guys. He's demanding full cooperation from the, the pilot. The pilot radios into the airline that the um, aer airplane, is it an airplane? The plane belongs to. And they say, uh, we're going to fully cooperate. We don't want this plane going down. We don't want unnecessary death. So they also made sure that the other passengers had no idea what was happening. And they were told that they'd be landing shortly because they had mechanical difficulties so at 5 39 p.m the plane lands and an airline employee actually delivers the ransom the cash which has got it's in like a little like a uh, backpack buddy stop it oh my god stop it's in a backpack and they give him the parachutes as demanded during the plane stopping and it being refueled. So Dan outlines his plan to the crew. He says, I need a southeasterly course towards Mexico with one refueling stop in Nevada. Two hours later, the plane takes off and he lands in Reno and Dan's absence was noted. So he actually has been referred to as D.B. Cooper and he was actually never seen or heard from again. So he, he actually leaves. No parachute was found because um, he obviously jacks himself from the plane and he's gone with his money and none of the ransom money was actually ever used. In 1980, however, a small boy was on vacation with his family in Oregon and he finds several packets of ransom money and it's identifiable by the serial number on the bills. It actually led for an extensive search in the area for Cooper, looking for either Dan himself, Dan Cooper, or a body. Um, anyway, there was an intense search, and there was nothing found. Nothing was ever found. This guy demanded money and a parachute, yeeted himself from the plane and vanished. Toodaloo. How the fuck did that happen in 1971? It is insane. All right. The next one is Walter Collins. In 2008, Clint Eastwood's film um, challenged this kind of reawakening 
interest into one of the most bizarre and tragic crime stories of the 1920s. So um, there's a single mum, her name's Christine, and she reported that her nine-year-old son, Walter, was missing in March of 1928 um, from their hometown in L.A., Five months later, the police bring Walter back to Christine. Except it wasn't Walter. Christine knew that was not her son. But the LA police dismissed this and her concerns and said, this is your son and we're returning him. She says it's not. And they said, okay, the reason you're saying that is because you're a terrible parent. So... Um, they basically insinuate that she's a terrible mother and then they commit her to a mental hospital. And the real Walter was never found. Over time, authorities did believe that Walter's death death was um, linked linked to um, a child murderer by the name of Gordon Stewart Northcott. But as for what happened to the real Walter, nobody knows. And no one has been able to establish with any real certainty um, what has actually occurred. And, and police were really invested in the boy's disappearance. And obviously they brought back a different child. Chris, they really tried to convince Christine that the, the rest and the rest of the world, for, for that matter, were, that that child that was returned was actually Walter. The fuck? As a parent, you're bound to know. It's like, you, okay, I'm not a parent, but let's just say I've got my dog and my dog goes missing and then my someone returns my dog and it's not my dog. I'm going to know. I'm going to know. I know his markings. I also know his mannerisms. I know. I know, right? So I could only imagine, like, a parent knows their child. I know my child. He's sitting right here. Okay, let's talk about living statues. This creeped me the fuck out. So 1917 to, ni- to 1928, half a million people were afflicted with this condition that could only be described as maybe the plot of a movie, a horror movie. The victims were alive and conscious, but they found themselves in frozen states. Their static bodies prisons for their minds oh my god this kills me so there was a disease called encephalitis lethargia uh, el referred to as the sleeping sickness it first appeared in europe and then it spread all around the world and what we had was an epidemic um we know what that is at this point (laughs) about one third of those that actually received the illness died of the survivors nearly half eventually found themselves unable to physically interact with the world around them Um, however they were completely aware of their surroundings they would be capable of limited speech they had some eye motion and they even were able to laugh at certain points. I don't know how you'd be laughing in that condition, but regardless. Um, they appeared as living statues. They were completely frozen. 
totally motionless for hours, days, weeks, months, and years. Um, the causes are unknown, but there's a theory that it had something to do with brain inflammation triggered by uh, kind of a rare strain of uh, strep streptococcus. Um, and there was a bacteria within the brain that was responsible for, you know, halting the body. Apparently, the disease just randomly disappeared. What the hell? So it reminds me of two other diseases which scare the shit out of me. There's one, and it's got like a super long name, but basically it's where the body freezes over time. And I remember watching an episode of it on house like that medical show anyway it is basically where your bones where your muscles turn to bone and everything starts to fuse in your body so anytime there's like a jolt or you fall over and hurt yourself or whatever it might be there is um, the bones start to the muscles start to turn to bones and then the bones start to fuse together and those people also end up in a similar state. Their mind is fully conscious. There's nothing wrong with the mind. However, the body is completely frozen. It like when I have sleep paralysis, that scares the shit out of me. I could only imagine how bad this is being trapped in that body and your mind being fully conscious and not being able to communicate. It scares the shit out of me. The other one that scares me to no end is that fatal insomnia. So I remember watching a special on some Australian, um, um, like 60 Minutes or A Current Affair, like some sketchy uh, show. I don't even know what you'd describe it. It's not news. It's like deep dive into weird shit shows for those who have never heard of it before. I don't even know if they still air. I don't watch free to air, but... um, yeah, these, these weird shows that air like for two hours on a Sunday night, regardless. I remember watching one many years ago around fatal insomnia. And basically they were interviewing a, a sister and a brother who had fatal insomnia. But basically it is the inability to sleep at all, ever. And basically because your body doesn't have any rest, you will eventually start deteriorating and then die. No thanks. That's fucking insane. Uh, I couldn't leave anything worse than not being able to sleep. Like, And of course it's going to deteriorate the body and the mind because it all needs rest to regenerate. And eventually they die. And in this particular special, the sister and the brother, all their family had died from it. And they were just sitting waiting. There's no cure. Same as the one with the frozen bones. There's no cure for this stuff. They're just sitting around waiting for death. I don't know. I have not done research into... Um, I wouldn't even know what their names were to research them. But I'd assume at this point they'd probably passed away. So the, the last one is probably very well known, but the disappearance of the Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. So um, 8th of March 2014, uh, flight is going from Malaysia to China. Um, it's a Boeing 777 and it had 239 passengers on it and crew members. They're flying. It vanishes into thin air. Multinational search efforts uh, commence and it was the largest in aviation history. 
they've turned up a roughly about 20 pieces of debris that related to the aeroplane itself. The Prime Minister of Malaysia had declined to comment other than to say, look, we think it disappeared into the Indian Ocean. There has been no um, closure on this. There has been so many different theories, uh, conspiracy theories, and some of the theories include hijacking, uh, capture by United States, uh, crew suicide, uh, a fire aboard the aircraft, uh, a vertical entry into the sea, and a meteor strike, even alien abduction. So there are a lot of theories, but um, you know, I think they spent about $160 million searching for this aeroplane and its passengers, and um, still to date, they have no idea where it is. I will say, though, there's a statistic, and I can't remember exactly, but it's like we have discovered 5% of the ocean that actually exists, right? So how would we know if we haven't searched the entire ocean? Like there's a high probability it's gone down for whatever reason and we haven't searched the entire ocean. So how would we know exactly where it is? And like it's there somewhere. It's there. It's just that we probably haven't uncovered that bit of the ocean where it's gone down. And there is some ridiculous statistic. And that's why I find it really, really hard when people are like, oh, there's no such thing as sirens or mermaids or there's no such thing as whatever. Or like things like, oh, we've only got so many fish left in the sea. But we haven't investigated all of it. Like we don't actually physically know all areas of the sea. So how would we know that that stuff doesn't exist? You know what I mean? I kind of find it a little bit closed-minded to be like, ah, we know everything. We don't. And, like, I'm the first to admit, we don't know everything. We know a portion of stuff and there's so much unknown. So to sit there and go, oh, God, that doesn't exist. It's like, isn't that a bit closed-minded? And I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, the type of person that sits with a tin foil hat on, but I'm just saying that, you know, I think we have to be a little bit open-minded when it comes to this stuff and not so closed-minded. And it even comes down to things like the paranormal. You know, people being like, oh, no such thing exists. Well, hang on a sec. How do you know that? How do you know that for sure? You don't. And people have had experiences. Like, I've had them myself. I've had real experiences with paranormal. So what's to say that we know everything we don't? That annoys me. Side note, I think I've worn this oversized hoodie in just about every podcast episode for the last couple of months <laughs> it's cold here and by cold it's like come on I, I consider the United States and like Canada and other places in the world where cold is like proper ass cold here in Australia it's like a cold day is like 16 degrees we're just so used to like the sweltering sun and the humidity that like right now this is probably a hot day for people in Canada you know so I um (laughs) I will not complain but my body is so used to the heat so I'm in this oversized like woolen hoodie thing it's like wool on the inside it's so weird 
But we do have places that snow. That's the thing. Like, we have places that physically snow. But we just don't... Like, Sydney doesn't get that cold. I remember maybe five years ago it being fucking icy and having to catch the bus of a morning and wearing massive overcoats and, like, boots and shit like that. But... um. The last couple of winters haven't been that bad at all in Sydney. So Sydney's different. Like Melbourne can be a lot colder. Queensland is a fucking sweat box. I couldn't live in Queensland. It's just so hot all the time. Like an average day is like 30 degrees. And like there's no such thing as really winter up there. And you'll see like there's a lot of people on social media who live in Queensland. And you'll see they're in bikinis at this this point in the year. Like it's still so hot. Anyway, I digress that's it I really enjoy these type of episodes because we can kind of just chat casually and I can share some of these like fucking weird ass stories with you and hopefully it just gives you something interesting to listen to whether you know you're house cleaning you're on your daily commute um but yeah it's good times all right I'm gonna take this puppy dog downstairs I need to think of food so I need to go consider food we were um, recording for my podcast with my friend yesterday out at uh, one of the hotels that have the like a podcasting studio and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and I had this craving for a glass of red wine so that was my breakfast yesterday that's pretty fucking rank the fact that I had a glass of wine for breakfast so I wish I could do that every day wouldn't that just be amazing a glass of wine for breakfast and you're like oh this is so good yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not. This is not me saying I'm going to do it. But this is not me saying I'm not going to go do it. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, if you feel like listening to other podcasts, there where I talk shit. There's some others as well. Uh, the Yenna maybe podcast with one of my closest friends, Lauren, and my um, business podcast, which is all about studies and university and college and stuff like that. So. We'll leave it there. In the meantime, you can hit me up on my socials at Aesthetic Vibes Pod. You can drop me an email at Aesthetic Vibes Podcast at Outlook.com. You can hit up my website, Aesthetic Vibes Podcast.com. Um, you can drop by my TikTok. Have a lot of fun on TikTok. Sometimes um, it's hard to get content up because, like, we're so busy. Um, but needless to say, it's Dr. Ames Kelly. It's fun. It's fun. There's some stupid shit there. I talk about drinking vodka a lot and my dog and my cat and my husband. <laughs> so, yeah, hit that up. Anyway, that's it. I look forward to catching up with you next week. Okay, bye. Bye, guys. Bye.